The housing market is showing signs of multiple personality disorder, the two things that could bring real estate to its knees near term, and Facebook lays an egg and gets scrambled on Wall Street. I'm Brian Ellis. This is episode number 301 of Self-Directed Investor Talk. Hello, Self-Directed Investor Nation. There's a lot to get to today after a bit of a hiatus. Today's show page is sditalk.com slash 301. So let's jump right in after a quick word from our sponsor, the Self-Directed Investor Academy. Hey, have you ever noticed that there's just not much in the way of really great training material out there where self-directed IRAs and solo 401ks are concerned? Well, yeah, sure. All of the IRA companies provide education, but their end is clearly so that you'll give them their business. And there are a few books written by attorneys using the native language of all attorneys, which is a strange dialect of Latin known as, yes, but probably no. <laughs> but if you're an intelligent person who just wants the hard truth about how to use self-directed retirement accounts while squeezing every penny of value out of them you can, well, the SDI Academy is for you. SDI Academy is a private membership group that produces video-based wealth guides about the exact topics that self-directed IRA and 401k owners need to understand, totally free of the murky babble you see on the internet. I think you'll particularly enjoy their trainings on how to pick the right self-directed retirement account for you and how to pick the very best self-directed IRA company for you, because the results you'll end up with are probably very different than what you'd expect, and so you'll get really tremendous value. For a limited time, listeners to SDI Talk can get a free three-day membership to the already inexpensive but inordinately valuable SDI Academy by visiting sditalk.com slash academy. That's sditalk.com slash academy. Okay, people, we all know that the overwhelming top asset class choice among self-directed retirement account owners is real estate. So what I've got to share with you will be quite directly relevant for a very large swath of you, say about 100%. <laughs> Hey, this past week, some new economic numbers came out that suggest the housing market is slowing down. Now, the evidence cited by sources like the very entertaining but not always very accurate CNBC informs us that the reason for this is a slowdown in boiling hot markets like L.A. and Denver. Uh, for some reason I'm not entirely sure of, I have linked to the cutesy video CNBC made about this. You can see it over at sditalk.com slash 301. But this very morning, July 30th, 2018, the National Association of Realtors reported that pending home sales rose more than expected after a soft selling season so far this year. Now, that's good news, and it certainly conflicts with the relatively negative news about the softening markets in other places. But not really. There's not much of a conflict. There's more to it beneath the surface. And I, your humble host, will pull back the curtains for you right now. What we have right now, folks, is a situation where in many of those hot markets, real estate prices are still increasing. But two other important statistics are going the other way. First, the rate of increase is less than it has been in years past, like in Dallas, Texas, for example, where the rate of increase in property value is maybe 6% this year, and it was 12% last year. And there's another statistic that is really important, too. This one is maybe even more important, and that is that the number of homes actually being sold 
is declining as well. Like in Southern California, where CoreLogic tells us that there were substantially fewer home sales of all types so far this year versus last year, as, as in like a decline of almost 12% versus last year. That's big. So strange, you've got rising prices, but decreased home sale activity. Now, I could go into geek mode on you with this stuff, but I'll tell you what I think is happening from a very practical perspective. What we have is a real estate market that has boomed and boomed and boomed such that it looks like the mortgage meltdown of 2008 never happened at all. That's only 10 years ago now, and practically nobody is sitting on a real estate loss anymore if they just held on to their property. Now, do you know what you're not hearing much about these days that was a super big topic back then? Foreclosure filing statistics. Foreclosure filings. And I'll tell you why. There's almost no bad news about that out there. Foreclosures have tanked practically nationwide, and that's a very good thing. So what's going on here with this strange mix of positive and negative data? Well, everyone has a theory, including me, but let's look at what we actually know to be true. The U.S. economy is booming. By any and every reasonable standard, the U.S. economy is in better condition now than at any time in the last 10 years, at least, maybe longer. It's eerily, actually quite positively, actually reminiscent of the 1980s from about 83 onward. The economy was just clicking on all cylinders, and the same is happening right now. Unemployment is lower than it's been since 2000. GDP is booming Wage growth was higher last month than it's been all year so far. The fact is, it's just it's just hard to find any objectively negative indicators about the economy right now. So what's going to happen next with housing prices? Well, you people who have listened to me for a long time know that I do not claim to be a prognosticator, and that hasn't changed. But just from a simple, logical point of view, here's what I expect. I expect that there will be continued slowing in the rate of appreciation in the super hot markets, but I don't believe we're facing any sort of impending real estate collapse. The fundamentals of the economy are simply too strong for that right now, and there are a number of leading indicators suggesting that the economy will boom still more. That said, there are two big potential headwinds to keep an eye on for those of you who may need to unload some of your property in the next year or so to finance retirement or other expenses. The first headwind is rising interest rates. Interest rates are already on the rise and will likely continue to rise, as is to be expected in a rapidly expanding economy. And rising interest rates generally have a dampening effect on property values. Now, the thing to watch is whether the Fed goes nuts with this. In recent decades, the Fed has become as much a political operative as an economic one, and that's never good for the country. So if they go nuts on increasing interest rates, that could be a bad thing. Right now, though, that tendency appears to be reasonably in check. Now, the second potential headwind is the midterm congressional elections of 2018. For just a moment, set aside any political biases and beliefs, and let's just make some rational analyses and predictions here. What we know without a doubt is that the stock market tends to be a leading indicator of the broader economy, and we also know when uh, President Trump was elected in 2016, from the very next day onward for a very long time, the market boomed upward with a ferocity and consistency that was absolutely breathtaking, which means that the market believed, and it has since borne out, that even though nobody seemed to want to admit it, they wanted Trump policies for the good of the economy. 
So fast forward to the elections to happen in November of this year. Should the Democrats retake the House of Representatives, you can be certain that Congress will instantly slam the door shut on Trump's economic objectives. There will be a number of things he can continue to do independently, but to effect real change, he does need Congress. So if the Democrats retake Congress, the Trump boom in the economy may well stagnate. And I bet that the stock market will start to bleed consistently from the day after the, the election, although probably not as, as heavily as when uh, it boomed upwards when Trump was elected. Now, what I expect overall is more of a plateau in real estate values rather than a hard decline. In a weaker economy, sure, you might expect a bit of a collapse, but a weak economy is not what we have. It's strong and arguably getting stronger. So what's the prescription? Same as always. With your real estate investments, focus on cash flow. Cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. That's the game. Strong cash flow makes it wholly unnecessary for you to focus much on flighty valuations in real estate or stocks or anything else. Enough cash flow from your investments and simply nothing else matters. Cash flow is king. And I cannot wrap up today without mentioning the absolute slaughter of Facebook stock last week. A meltdown of epic proportions that slashed $100 billion of value from Facebook. That has never happened before in the history of the stock market that a company has taken such a quick market cap slashing of that magnitude. Now bring it up for two reasons. First, for any of you who remain focused on investing your money in Wall Street, you should take the time to learn about stock options as a way to hedge your risk. You buy insurance for your real estate. I think it's a bit foolish not to do the same for your investments if it's simple and economical to do that. And that's what stock options can do for you. Second, the Facebook debacle reminds me of one of the reasons it's so wonderful to invest in non-Wall Street assets, and that is that with a bit of effort, you can actually buy assets at a discount versus their current market value, and thereby build in a strong cushion against loss. You cannot do that with Facebook. As I look right now, Facebook is trading at about $170 a share. That being true, there's no way you're going to be able to go and buy those shares at a, say, 50% discount versus their current price. It just won't happen. But in real estate, for example, that sort of thing does happen on a regular basis that you can buy real estate far below its market value. That's a huge difference, a huge reason to seriously look at pushing more and more of your assets away from Wall Street and into assets you actually control and understand yourself. So that's all for today, my friends. I'll be back with you tomorrow and we'll tell you something that I'm observing in that industry known as turnkey rental properties. This is a big deal, and nobody is talking about it except for me tomorrow on this very show. <laughs> I am, of course, Brian Ellis. This is Self-Directed Investor Talk, the biggest, fastest-growing self-directed investor podcast in America. Self-Directed Investor Talk is a production of the Self-Directed Investor Society. This content is not intended to be advisory in nature and is not offered with the intention of providing legal, tax, or other licensed professional guidance to any listener. Be sure to see your own licensed advisors for that type of advice. This broadcast is copyright 2018 and is used under license from the Self-Directed Investor Society.